Well, this morning I wanted to share a message uh, based out of based out of John 15 about uh, fruitful living, and it's a message that I've titled uh, this morning, "Being Fruitful in Christ." And you know, I believe that God wants uh, to speak to some people this morning about uh, realigning some thinking and some priorities uh, in your life to better position you to fully receive the fullness of what God wants to pour into your life and the fullness of his blessing. You know, God commands creation, uh, his creation to be fruitful. Uh, He first commanded all the creatures that he'd created in the sea and in the air to be fruitful. And then in Genesis 1 verse 28, God blessed man and woman and he said to them, be fruitful and multiply. And he tells them to go fill the earth. And then in Genesis 9, when God uh, used Noah and his family to to kind of start over after the the great flood, he says to Noah and to his sons, be fruitful and multiply and go and fill the earth. And so we have this mandate uh, to kind of live fruitful lives. And this morning we're going to uh, look at how I believe we can do that in a God-honoring way and why it's important for us as Christians to be doing that. Who wants to be fruitful in their life this morning? Does anyone else in here want to be fruitful? Fruitful in our relationships, fruitful in our marriage, fruitful in uh, the marketplace, fruitful with all the gifts that God gives us uh, to, uh, to steward in uh, this lifetime. And so whatever your situation is, uh, this very moment and in this morning, I want to tell you that God the Father desires for you to be fruitful. Can you believe that this morning? God the Father desires for you to be fruitful. And, I, and uh, as we're going to see, if we have Jesus as the source of our life, then we can expect to live a life that bears fruit. So our key verses this morning are going to come out of John 15, uh, verses 5 and 7 and 8. But to give us a bit of context, uh, we're going to read this morning from verses 1. I'll move over here so you can see our little screen. From verses 1 through to 8. Reading out of the NIV, it says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, and so it will be, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself; it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Verse five: I am the vine; you are the branches. And if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Everyone say, bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. Nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my word remains in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my 
disciples. Let's just pray before we get into it this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for your son, Jesus, who is uh, our leader, for our guide, Father, our, our example. And Father, we thank you, Lord, for your truth, Father, that cuts through uh, so much of the lies that fill our social uh, networks in, in full society. And so this morning, I pray, Father, that you would speak to each of us individually, that you would speak into our hearts and into our circumstances a word from your spirit. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Amen. So from verse 1 to 6, Jesus introduces uh, this illustration uh, or this metaphor uh, of, of the gardener, the vine, and uh, the fruit and the branches. And he also introduces the character that are represented in this uh, metaphor and in this illustration. So we've got God the Father, who's the gardener. We've got Jesus, who's the vine. And then we've got you and me, who are the branches. Everyone act like a branch. Yeah, you're all very, very good-looking branches. And so Jesus in this passage is speaking uh, to his disciples, and he's outlining a spiritual issue regarding how important it is to stay connected to him, to Jesus, in order to be connected to the Father. That not being connected to him results in fruitlessness, which results in being cut off by the Father. Now, that can sound pretty ruthless sometimes, and that can sound pretty harsh. But in the context of eternity, in the context of our spiritual well-being, it's a truth that needs to be said and said and said and said and heard and heard and heard and heard. That outside of Jesus, there is no way to the Father that he is the way. You know, Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And so in that context and with the scene set, we have the characters of the story are laid out in the preceding verses. And then in verse 7 and verse 8, we get some insight into how and why we should desire to be fruitful. John 15, verse 7. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Have you ever heard people quoting scripture, quoting this passage, and saying, God's word says, Jesus said that I can ask for whatever I wish, and it will happen that I can ask for whatever I want and it will happen. Ever heard that before? You know, the message here, I believe, is not for us to ask for whatever we wish. Let's read the beginning of the message. If you remain in me and my word remains in you, that, is the criteria for which you can then ask for whatever you wish. Remain in Jesus, have 
God's word remaining in you. And then we can ask. Because when we're in Jesus and when we're led by God, what we begin to wish for no longer flows out of our own desires. It no longer flows out of what benefits us or what we want necessarily, but it flows out of what God has designed and purposed us to do. As we get closer to Jesus, our heart changes and we begin to desire the very thing that God has created for us to do in our life. Let me put it this way. If we're not that well connected to God, we're asking God to bless what we want. If we're in God and his word is in us, we start asking God to bless what he has already mandated for us as a blessing. And so our first point this morning is that it all begins with being disciples. It all begins with fellowship with Jesus. John 15 verse 8 says, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. There's three things happening here. It's the Father's glory, that you bear fruit. And why you bear fruit? It's because you're showing yourself to be a disciple. It's to the Father's glory that you bear fruit. And you bear fruit because you are his disciple. It's to the Father's glory that you bear fruit, and you bear fruit because you are Jesus' disciple. If you be Jesus' disciple, you will begin to bear fruit, and your fruit brings glory to God. Begins with being a disciple. The New King James puts it this way, so you will be my disciple. In that last passage, the Amplified says, so you show and prove yourselves to be true followers of mine. And so if we are his disciples, we'll bear fruit, and out of that fruit in our lives, God is glorified. I don't know about you, but I want all the fruit that God has got for me. Because all the fruit that God has for me is going to be so much better for me than anything I could do for myself. So he has to get glory for it. You know, the Greek term for disciple in the New Testament is a term that means more uh, than just being a student or a learner. It's a term that means being completely devoted to your master. And so in biblical times, it's said that disciples when they went to follow a rabbi, when they went to follow a teacher or a leader, they would leave their homes, leave their families, and they would go and follow this leader. You know, in the context of that culture, it makes a whole lot of sense how the disciples of Jesus just kind of upped and walked off with him. 
it would seem that it wasn't anything too abnormal. That that's what a disciple was. They would walk with them, live with them, they would study them, they would follow their example, they would want to be there to learn. Uh, to be uh, appraised and taught and refined. They would want to increase their knowledge to hear and be informed, and they'd want to learn by putting the master's teachings into practice. Man, what does that look like for us? I I want to be that kind of disciple of Jesus, to follow him in that way, waiting to learn something. Not just on a Sunday, but every day, believing that God wants to speak, waiting to hear, waiting to be informed, waiting to receive a personal message from the Holy Spirit that I can apply to my life. Anyone else here want that during Monday to Saturday and Sunday? Every day of our lives to receive a personal message from the Holy Spirit that we can apply, whatever or however that message comes. You know, he can speak anytime. He can speak anywhere, and he can speak by any means. Through his word, as we're reading scripture, through his Holy Spirit, as we're out in worship, and worshiping him through a sermon and even through church members that we do life with. God can speak through anyone. But we need to be the kind of disciples that remain in him and keep his word in us. So we can discern his voice amongst all the noise and all the other voices that are speaking. Amen. And so as we hear and learn from God, uh, we then need to, secondly this morning, embrace the pruning process. Embrace the pruning process. Be adaptable to God. Who likes it when God starts to cut off stuff that you just love to hang on to? Uh, Not many people, I would think. Who's ever prayed for God to to bless the very thing that God's trying to cut out of your life? That's a tough one. You know, at the beginning of this passage in verses 1 to 2, Jesus says, I'm the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch that does, every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Write this down if you're taking notes this morning. Good fruit overflows out of God's pruning process. Fruitfulness overflows out of God's pruning process. You know, whenever God is doing a new thing, there's probably going to be change. And with change, there's probably going to be some pruning. And when you become a new creation in Christ, as many of us would know, and 
and start to grow in your spiritual walk with God. There are things about the way we used to think. There are, there are things that we used to do. Uh, maybe even at times some things that we've believed that need to be cut off and removed from our lives. You know, when I became a Christian uh, many years ago, there were things that I believed about my, ha- my behavior which I thought, man, that's, you know, that's okay. There were things that I believed about God which I thought, well, you know, that, that, that's okay. There were things that I had accepted, things that I believed about culture that I thought was okay, things that needed to change. And at that same time, I learned that there were some things in some relationships in my life that I knew were no longer healthy for me. That I knew God was wanting to remove and that God needed to cut off. So that he can grow me into everything he desired for me to be. Do you know, when we abide in Jesus and he abides in us, God will, begin, God will begin to bring to light those very things, those mindsets, uh, those behaviors, those uh, character attributes that need to change, and he will prune and remove some of the things from our lives, some of the things that maybe we even enjoyed. And so the question this morning is, what things... Are you holding on to from your past? What old things are you holding on to? What wrong things are you just holding on to that maybe God is trying to prune and remove? Get this. Every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes Every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. What things are we not allowing God to prune out of our lives that are holding us back from the very fruit that we're asking God to give us? What are we holding on to our lives that God wants to prune that are holding us back from the very fruit we're praying for God to give us? Embrace the pruning process. Physically, mentally, spiritually, allow God to do a work in you. Fruitfulness in life flows out of a fruitful spirit. Now that's a thought that we just don't have time to fully unpack this morning. But our third point this morning, after having walked faithfully as disciples and after having embraced God's ongoing pruning process and Probably like me, some of you wish you'd just stop pruning stuff, but it's kind of ongoing. But after, after 
faithfully following him and after him pruning, we should have faith and expectation to see the fruit. It's our third point this morning. We should in faith expect to see fruit. You know, in verse eight, it's Jesus says that it's to the Father's glory that we bear fruit. It teaches us both how to be fruitful by being disciples who are following God, but also why we're to be fruitful people because then in our life, God is glorified in our fruit. God is glorified in our life and in our living. So as you walk faithfully as disciples of Jesus, expect to see uh, his fruitfulness and favor in your life. And I believe that the first place we should expect to see God's fruitfulness and favor in our life is in the fruits of the Spirit. I believe that when we're disciples of Jesus, the first place we see fruit in our life is in the fruits of his spirit. Galatians 5, verse 22 uh, to 23 says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Oh, who wants that one? Long-suffering, also called patience in other translations, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, that's where, that, that's where the greatest change takes place. In the fruit of the Spirit. Imagine hanging out with people who are like that, full of love, full of joy, peace. You know, they're not shaken by every little thing that's happening around them. They're kind. They're patient. I could use a little bit of patience myself sometimes. They're good. They're faithful. They're gentle. They've got self-control. Man, what a great bunch of people that would be to hang around. You know what? There's a bunch of people like that that God's put on the earth. It's called His church. To just walk in the spirit that surpasses all the understanding of the chaos which overwhelms everyone else. That's where the heart changes. That's where the greatest change happens. And being fruitful in the Spirit ensures that the transformation God is doing is happening from the inside out. You know, in this world, the culture is to find everything that's out there to bring the change that they believe they need in here. But as we expect fruit in the Spirit, as we expect fruit in uh, every area of our life, I believe that it begins 
by seeing this fruit in the Spirit. It means that we walk filled with God's love, joy, His peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And here's something about the fruit of the Spirit. It's singular. Nowhere in any translation are those things independent of one another. The fruit of the Spirit encompasses all nine of those characteristics. To carry, to walk around with the fruit of the Spirit is to walk around with all nine, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. What was that? I keep getting that last one. I keep calling it humility. Gentleness. Is gentleness and humility the same thing? Self-control. It's to walk with all those things. It's not just to be loving and then unkind. It's not just to be patient and then not have any joy. It's not to be peaceful and then have no self-control. The work that God wants to do in our spirit is for us to be completely filled with those nine things. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The fruit of the spirit is all those things. And as we walk in that, rather than going through life completely consumed by our circumstances, our circumstances become subject to our faith. Because it's spiritually fruitful. Fruitfulness in life flows out of a fruitful spirit. And the best part about our God is that He wants us to be fruitful. He wants you to be fruitful. But we're reminded in this verse that we're to be disciples of Him and we're to remain in Him and have His Word in us. So, you know, after faithfully walking with God throughout your week, after being out there and and seeking God Monday through to Saturday, we should come into Sunday expecting to encounter the Holy Spirit. We should come into Sunday and sit and go, God, you speak. What do you want to teach me? And then we should go from this place into our week expecting God to work in your favor. To work for you. And then finally this morning, 
as God begins to bring fruitfulness into your life, very quickly, we always need to remember that our success is for His glory. Our success is for His glory. It's for His kingdom. You know, one of the reasons I love that we celebrate and one of the reasons that we celebrate here at Shore Elim Church is that it gives us the opportunity to acknowledge God and all that He's doing in people's lives. It allows us to give Him glory for our successes. Now, so often we shy away from celebrating or from sharing what God's celebrating in our lives, but it's never about us that we share it. It's about acknowledging that it was God who did it for us. It's about acknowledging who He is. It's about remembering that He is the God who gives good things, that He is the gardener who leads us to all fruitfulness and to favor, and that it's all a gift and a blessing from His hand. And in celebrating, we acknowledge Him and give glory to Him. Amen. Now, Proverbs 3 verse 6 says, In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. Right at the start of our passage, we get the reason why we're to be fruitful in Christ. It's not for us, but it is for our testimony that we can testify to the goodness of God, that He may be glorified for what He is doing in our lives. It's to the Father's glory that we bear much fruit. Remain in Jesus with His Word in you. Embrace His pruning work in your life. And let's go from this place and be fruitful. Amen.